Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson, that's Nathan Fox. Together we're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. We have a longer email here from Sarah. It says, hi Nathan and Ben, my name's Sarah. I'm an international applicant who graduated from a US school this May. I started studying for the LSAT from this July for the October LSAT. I was fully committed. I studied full time, which means on average eight hours a day for three and a half months. Okay. I used PowerScore books and Seven Sage mostly and solved nearly 40 PTs. Wow, that's a lot. 40 PTs in three months? Yeah. Man. I do like the use of the word solved. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I noticed that as well. Yeah, you solved. If you, if you did, in fact, solve each question, then that's pretty good. You're going to be learning through that process. Yeah. Right around the October LSAT, I was scoring low 170s, which is around what I wanted. Throughout my LSAT journey, my scores fluctuated, but I expected high 160s from the October LSAT at the worst. This is just people failing to think about their range, you know, that just like, what's your range of practice scores? And you can't can't think too much about what's the worst I could possibly score because the bottom of your range is unknown. And so is the top of your range. Anyway, then came the October test. My first section was logical reasoning. And from question four, I started feeling like my brain froze. I read the stimulus and looked at the answer choices and I was not comprehending anything. None of the answer choices made sense. And the confusion continued throughout the whole section. I refocused and I felt like I did okay on RC and LG, but I got a soul crushing score back. I got a score so much below my average PT score that I almost laughed when I saw my score. I'm a very driven and dedicated student, so I gave everything to the LSAT. So getting that kind of score really hurt me and left me really confused. Especially, I knew that LR was my weakness, so I did many drills and countless reviews, and yet that's where I messed up. Apparently, on LR. My test was undisclosed, so there's really no way to find out where and how I messed up. I tried to maintain the best mental and physical condition, so I'm not sure if it was because of burnout. Now I'm just guessing that I did my LR really badly, worse than usual, and RC and LG were not so great either. So you're, you're really speculating there. I mean, we don't know how you actually did section by section. Still in pain since the score release. I feel like I can use a month-long break from the LSAT and also, luckily, have an opportunity to do so. But I'm not sure if taking a month-long break from the LSAT is generally a good idea since I will have to put a pause on the flow and restart. I guess I'm afraid that it might take too long to get back into study mode. This worries me since there are only three more international LSATs left in this cycle and I will only have to take April and June 2023 that's left in this in this cycle i guess i mean but surely that's not the last test in 2023 for international applicants is it doubt it that's the last one on their current cycle but they they're going to continue to offer it internationally anyway would you recommend taking a break question mark my goal is at least mid 170s is it possible to reach that in six months given that i have scored in the 170s before so sarah you're just doing way too much i mean i think there are signs of problems here from the very beginning right like 
I think she planned on taking the October test. She's studying eight hours a day. Eight hours a day. That's it seems like she much. only wanted to take it once. Yeah, like, and so it built up all this pressure, right, into October. And I think that's why she froze in the LR section. We, like, we don't know exactly what happened. But if, if you and I were working together one-on-one, -on -one, I would say cut your hours down to at most three hours a day. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. I mean, and you're, there's the other hints, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm mentally and physically. What did she say? Well, I she said to maintain the best mental and physical condition. That itself sounds stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to eat, you know, carrots for breakfast and I don't just whatever. like whatever. Like, yeah, it's you just can too still much. be burned out even if you're, you know, eating healthy, exercising, sleeping well, all that stuff. You can still be burned out on this test. I mean, yeah. My hypothesis here is that you got so in your head about logical reasoning that you were just doing all kinds of weird shit on your official test. And what you should have been doing is just solving one question at a time like you did on those 40 practice tests and just get as close as you can get to the correct answer. Pick and it stop move on. giving the test so much uh, weight. Yeah, being on it. Crazy you're giving yourself, Yeah. And, and six months like you, you, the built in assumption there is that you can't accomplish this goal unless you give six months and dear God, you might give up five. You might only be able to do five months because you're going to take a month long break. It, that's assuming the test is this astronomical thing. It's, it's not, you could go in there tomorrow and score 175. You've done it on your practice tests. There's no reason you can't do it tomorrow. You just have to completely shift your mindset. Just start thinking about it as a thing that you are good at. You need yeah. to get swagger. Exactly. Yeah. You, you have scored in the 170s, so you could score in the 170s tomorrow, but you've also scored in the 160s, so you could score in the 160s tomorrow. And it sounds like maybe you didn't give us a number, but maybe you scored 150 something on your official test, which means you can sometimes score in the 150s. Those are all numbers that are within your range, Sarah, and you're really hurting yourself by making so much out of the official test and the results from the official test. You're not treating it like it's just another practice test. You're like, you know, thought that you knew exactly what you could score on the day of the test and you're just like, like had this weird floor for yourself. You don't know. There's randomness. You got to do your best on the questions. If you just do your best on one question at a time, you give yourself the best shot that you could. But you got to be able to get back on the horse. I mean, it's it's insane to think that you now need six months of prep. When you've already done 40 practice tests and scored regularly in the 170s. You don't get worse. You didn't your knowledge of the test, your understanding of the test did not get worse. You had a bad day. And it's because you 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 made it so much of it. You made it into too big of a deal. And the solution to that problem, the reason you scored low is almost certainly because of the way you think about the test, not because of your understanding of the test. So your solution to this problem, which is to go study for another six months and dramatically increase your, I don't know. <laughs> Your understanding is not the solution. Your solution is to stop respecting it so much yeah. and just realize that you can own it. It's a yeah. mind. It's a mindset change. That's that's going to bump your range up instantly.
I'm not saying these other things won't help. There's more for you to learn and understand about the test, I'm sure, but it's not going to take you six months. Studying eight hours a day is not good for you. I agree. Boil it, cut it down at most three hours a day. I also don't like your full month off. Like, why does it have to be all the way on or all the way off? Well, she needs that month long break, right? Because she sees it as this full time job. It's like, I guess stop looking at it like that and just look at it as something. Hey, I mean, for someone who's been doing eight hours a day, I imagine three hours a day sounds like cheating. Sounds like Like not enough slacking, but it should sound easy. And therefore, you don't need to take this month long break. And presumably you already took a break while you're waiting for your score. Um, let me tell this story really quick. There was a student of mine who kept scoring in the mid 170s on her practice tests, but she took the test two or three times in a row and kept getting 166, oddly the same number, right? And she's like, I'm done. I'm not, I can't do this test on the official day. I can't score in the mid 170s. I think she'd even gotten like 180, maybe once or twice in her practice test. Okay. And I said, she said, I'm done. I quit. And I said, okay, look, please, please. That's fine. You you don't have to do anything else, but please just sign up for and go take the test in at that time. It was two months away. Go just go take it. So all I'm asking for you to do is to commit five hours, six hours of your life. Yep. But otherwise you can be done. Yep. And she said, fine, I'll do that. But I don't want to do anything else with the LSAT other than that. Yep. And she went and she got a 178. <laughs> she yeah. did nothing for two months. Yeah. yeah that's like, probably not and the she best had been, thing. Been, well, Sorry, it go was ahead. good for her. Yeah, it was good for her. Be, and, and, and there were there are better ways, right? She could have right. studied a little bit leading up to that. Keep keep the um, the mental muscle flexible. But for her, she had been doing something similar, not eight hours a day, but something similar where it's like she's doing almost a test a day or something crazy. And I kept trying to tell her to cool it and she didn't listen. And eventually she quit. Like, like you said, it's all or nothing. Right. And it's like, can we come somewhere in between? And at least for her, it worked out. Yeah. That's then she couldn't stop talking about it. No, that's that's fantastic. I mean, obviously, Sarah, that's not our exact. That's not really what no, we're no. advising you to do. We're, no, we're telling you, no. though, that if you did not do anything. You're probably not going to go as backward as much as as much as you think. And like, ideally, you would be able to take it again today, you know, just t- right away and like get right back on the horse and take it again because your your practice tests indicated that you were ready you happen to have a bad day. You can't make too much of that. So study a little bit between now and your next attempt. Remember that your next attempt is not the be all end all of your LSAT career. It's just another practice test. It does suck as an international student that you can't, you know, you don't have as many opportunities to take the test. I, I don't know yeah. any rationale for that policy. I don't understand it either since it's online, but okay. Yeah. Um, hopefully that'll change at some point. But for now, yeah, it is what it is. And you've got uh, you've got April and June, I guess. You know, maybe why she's saying six months is because she has to wait six months. I think she is saying that, but it's funny that she's asking because it's is it possible? (laughs) Is it possible to reach there? Yeah, it's more than possible. It's a long time. You're already there. 
Yeah. You're already there. So can you be there still six months from now? Yeah. You're going to have to stay sharp. I mean, especially if your country is not English speaking, like I would, I would encourage you to immerse yourself in English as much as possible to, to try to, you know, as part of your LSAT prep. Although I would say this email is very well written. I don't see a lot of clues or, you know, indications that Sarah is international. So anyways. Yeah, that's, I, I agree. Um, well, I mean, she's, she's able to score in the one seventies. Normally people who can score in the one seventies can put together an email. Yep. So it's not surprising, even if English is not her native language. She has, she has one more question here about tests. Okay. It says also, because I solved a lot of recent practice tests and used nearly all methods I know, I feel a bit lost on how to study further. And since I am highly motivated to get the very best score, I started considering tutors. What are your thoughts on tutoring? To whom do you recommend tutoring? Um, I wouldn't worry about tutoring. You don't need it. You're doing well. And I wouldn't worry about practice tests that you've already burned through. The whole point is to do questions and to learn from them. If you've seen questions before, that doesn't matter. Do you understand which answer is correct? Do you understand why it's correct? Could you explain it to somebody else? If you can, great. Then you're learning something. Um, that's all that matters. Yeah, we have tutoring available through LSAT Demon. We have the best LSAT tutors. But we almost always say you probably don't need it. I mean, a Demon subscription would be a much better investment. It's far less money for far more, actually. One on one is a luxury for people who really want to pay an expert on the LSAT, you know, for their time to sit there with you and help you. And yeah, we've got fabulous tutors, but most people are wasting money with tutoring compared to doing it um, via a demon subscription. And even if you don't have a demon subscription, I mean, just do practice tests. Sounds like you were making a lot of progress with those practice tests on your own. There's nothing wrong, Sarah, with prep tests one through 40. So you've done the 40 most recent ones. Okay. There's prep tests one through 40. You're, you're totally fine. I mean, you've done half roughly of the, not, not even half of the available tests. So you got nothing to worry about. Yeah. There's 60 more. That's right. There's 99 available in the demon now. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah, for writing in email daily at lsatdemon.com. If you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news, thanks for listening.